Hello, my name is Louise Newsom, and you're listening to the Trade and Prosper podcast channel, where we share the stories of individuals and businesses that make our communities. We believe in those that are committed to doing well by doing good, using their hands, minds, and hearts to create a better place for us all, and believe that a little sweat and a lot of sharing turns a community into a populace of prosperity. Trade and Prosper is a forum where those like-minded individuals meet to trade ideas, information, goods, and services, as well as building long-lasting relationships that enable them to expand their reach locally and also globally. On this episode, you will meet Maria Whittingham, who has been a retail presence in Nyack, New York for over 30 years. The owner of Maria Luisa Boutique and ML by Maria Luisa is always ready to tell the customers the stories behind the high quality clothing and accessories sold in her stores. Maria is a well-respected pillar of the community who backs human rights causes and supports the local arts. She also founded the ML by Maria Luisa Scholarship Fund to recognize Rockland County women who, through their actions or beliefs, embrace civic and community involvement, commitment to social justice, social equality, and environment eco-friendly lifestyles. So Maria, you were born in the United States, but moved to Puerto Rico as a young girl. Tell us about where you've lived and how you ended up in Nyack. Sure. So I was born in the Bronx, where I lived until I was three years old with my parents and my two siblings. At that time, my parents moved back to Puerto Rico, and my father went on to work for his brother and his business. And we lived in Puerto Rico until I was 10 years old. And then we returned. We lived in Queens, where I went to elementary and junior high school. And then my family moved to Richmond Hill in uh, Queens also. And then from then, I went on to college to FIT in the city. And then I moved on my own. And I lived in Brooklyn. And then I was married. And then we moved to Rockland County, where I had my son, Christopher. Right. And Christopher went to the Nyack School District, just like my kids, and right? Nyack went, yes, Christopher went to the Nyack School District from fourth grade up to graduating high school. So you've been immersed in the community for a very long time. I mean, I've been here in Nyack 27 years and, and you were here before me. So it's been over 30 years, right? It's been 31 years and counting. And this business, Maria yes. Luisa, has been open that long, right? Oh, actually, the business has been open for 31 years. I've been in the county closer to 36 years. We moved up when I was expecting my son. And so he's soon going to be 36. So it was a little over 36 years ago. Right. A long time. Yes. Immersed in the community. So let's just go back a second to your time at FIT. So you studied design. Share with us a little bit sort of what happened after you graduated and that professional journey that brought you to opening Maria Luisa. So I attended FIT where I, I uh, studied fashion design and I specialized in the couture design program. I went on to work in the garment industry in New York City and I worked for a, a coat company. London Fog was my first, my first job and then I worked for a company called College Town, which was another big sportswear company with many divisions. And you were designing for them? I was an assistant designer when I went in. So I actually worked under the designer, but also produced my designs. In London Fog, every product that was designed was not uh, by a person. It was 
strictly by London Fog. So there was never a name for a designer. So what I, I remember there were two coats that I designed that actually made it big on the on the line. And it was like, oh, that's my coat. That's the Freddy. That's the, you know, it's just, it's just pretty exciting to, to be in a train platform in the city and see, see people actually wearing the coat, you know, and it's like, yes, you know, it's like, or seeing um, editorials along with it. So that was, that was my very first experience. And, and then after that, I did um, several other assistant designer positions. I actually did probably the most designing at London Fog. Then at a company called Janet Russo, which is a smaller company, and she was she was great. I was her assistant, uh, ran her design room. But she, you know, I, I proposed some some styles for her, and she was very open to the idea. So it just gave me the opportunity to keep the design dream going. How long were you in that space of actually physically designing clothes? How long was that time period in your professional life? From the time I graduated from school and I started uh, working at London Fog, and by the time I left the industry and began to do more freelance work, was probably 10 years. And I was submitting designs to the design team and so forth. So we're probably on and off about 10 years. But opening up my business was interesting because while I was at Janet Russo, I thought a lot about starting my own business. But I was focusing more on wholesale, more of a uh, design business that then sold to retailers. So having your own design business, right. design your own label and, and producing it right. and so forth. Right. And I would work on that in the evenings when I get home from working and going to school because I was going to school for merchandising. Then one day I went in for my annual physical and I had a scare. And that scare actually prompted me to move quicker and not, not wait until I have investors and I have all my ducks in order because it, what occurred to me was that at 29, I think it was about 29, because I started my business at 30, when I was 30 years old, at 29, I first time in my life I realized I finally thought that I really was mortal, that you don't just grow old and then die, that it could happen any time in your life, and that that never occurred to me. Right, because everyone's always talking about, I'm not ready for this, I need mm. to wait for that. And sometimes you just got to jump in. So at that moment, I realized, you know, I, I can't keep waiting. If I really want to give this a try, I'm going to, I'm, I've got to do it now. And that, but I did switch over to, I visited Nyack, I visited a friend in Nyack, and who had a, a small business. And, and I thought, I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions. And then I thought, you know, maybe I can do this. And I think within one month, I had rented a small storefront and I began actually sewing and making some items, but through my contacts in the industry also, you know, bringing in merchandise into the store. And that's how I began my business 31 31 years ago out of a scare, which turned out to be absolutely nothing more than a scare. So you talked um, a little bit, you just touched on there about opening a store and starting to define your brand. So it was you making some things, using mm -hmm. your contacts in the city to bring in labels. So tell me over the years how that's evolved versus what the customers have been, where they've been guiding you. 
when I began my business and I began bringing, you know, my retail offerings into the business, I definitely was working from my, my likes, what I would wear, what I would have in my home. And aesthetics have always been really important to me. So it's, it's always been uh, more than just hanging clothing on a rack or putting items on a shelf. It's about curating it. So it's always a, a curating kind of um, event, you know, how the books are going to be on a shelf together and how they're going to show um, a little bit off, not absolutely always perfect, but, you know, how they would be in a, in a real life setting. Same thing with clothing. You know, they should complement each other if they're sitting next to each other. It should look like somebody's wardrobe as opposed to these are the offerings for everyone who's, you know, who walks in through the door. Now, uh, I did learn pretty early on that just because I would wear it doesn't mean everybody else would. And just because I wouldn't doesn't mean other people wouldn't because it's different sizes, comfort levels, all of that. What has remained the same is my commitment to, to the style. So if it's something that I wouldn't wear, maybe because of my body type or not really something that, that I'm that I lean to a pot when I see it out in the on the world, I'm attracted to it, right? So I learned to cater to others other than to myself because not everybody was my size. Not everybody had the same color sense. And so there are the colors that I like within a palette that maybe I don't wear as much, but I appreciate them and have full respect for them. When you're in a community and you're... Um, business is your community and your community is your business, then one has to listen to what the voices are saying and what they're asking for. So if someone says, I need something for a party, well, tell me more about the party. Tell me more about what you like. Do you like something fitted? Do you like something loose? Do you like to be a little more casual? Do you like to jazz it up? Okay, now I know. It's all about connecting. It's all about listening. Listening more than speaking, for sure. There's been financial crashes mm -hmm. over the years that you've been in business. How have you overcome those moments and times to well, stay here? There have been many changes in our economy since since I you know since I started my business, and I've seen I think actually three market crashes because when I first opened my business, I opened my business during a market crash. So I started out at the lowest point, so I could only go up at that point. You know, like I wasn't aware of how much it hurt me because I didn't have any history. So, uh, so that's the way I started, and then I then I've gone through through two really big ones, and it was the was it 2003 and 2008, I think. That was huge because this is, I think, the first time in our most of our lifetimes that this market crash affected everyone. It, it affected absolutely everyone. So there was this, this really fast halt. It just the business that I was in where customers came in, they loved, they bought, what the heck, why not? You know, even when I, I was purchasing my merchandise, it's like, oh, what the heck, why not? Well, give it a try. Because that was, that was the market I was doing business in. It was a lucrative market. And there was uh, disposable money, at least in my community, and, and it, it worked. And then it just went, went south. It just completely changed. But what I've 
I've learned, I've, okay, certain things, many things I've learned. One thing I've learned is that don't let my ego roll my business or my life. Ego could be your worst enemy. So ego has nothing to do with the betterment of your business or what you do and your livelihood, but it can get in the way. That's number one. Number two is admit when you don't know something and be open to areas where you can learn and how you can learn. And one thing I've always wanted to do and always have done is that I try to to get a lot of information of what the big guys are doing. So if the big guys are doing this, let me read up on it and see what's available for me or how I can achieve it at my level. So, you know, learning about conversion rate and keeping track of what your busy times and not busy and percentage of inventory to what sells and all, all of those things, uh, tracking software and POS. I think I was one of the first people in, in the Naya community to get a, a computer. That's great. <laughs> and a point of sale program, you know, so we did that. Oh my goodness, it's probably 20 something years ago. And Nyack was known for writing, you know, little paper receipts at that time. But it does simplify your life and it makes you be a better manager. Bringing in that element of technology into your business and so early on, very smart. And we know how much the value of that is to be able to understand your business model inside and out. So you know, you know, do I keep this on the shelf or do I remove it and replace it? Technology definitely is a vehicle for growth. I mean, you can, if you can drive it and write it and um, work with it, it will work with you, you know, at different levels. So beginning with um, being automated it with a point of sale system where I could then draw reports to see, you know, like in the, in the moment, you know, at the end of the day, what we, what we sold, uh, what our profit margins were, how much inventory we own, what our sales tax collected are, which was always a big, a big to do, you know? So it's, it's like everything from going from hours of work, it's minutes of work. So when you started your business, though, I mean, the, the resources to be able to even bring in an outside source to help you monitor your business. It's, well, not, it's not even, no, not even available. And even until just recently, many of the services that I looked out, you know, looked for because this is what the big guys do, like the uh, tracking systems and the uh, secret shoppers, which are very important. And, and finding companies that will actually cater to small people like us was difficult to find. I found them, but it's really difficult to find. Where did you go to find them? I did a retail sales training program, a big training program out of Las Vegas, based out of California, but he, he had his uh, headquarters in Las Vegas and I learned a lot. And this was probably 20 something years ago. And that was, I mean, you know, you go out and you leave for a week and you, you know, you spend airfare and thousands of dollars in the program. I took an employee with me, my manager. And we got all this wealth of information that we were able to and formulas so we can track every employee and what we do and and all of that stuff. You know, the must do's, the the never do list that you kinda know but you don't know that it's it's standard, it's 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 industry standard. So through that 
that program, I picked up some names on companies that actually cater for smaller companies and, and camera and tracking companies. So, so we had, um, we've had uh, cameras that actually track every customer who walks in the store. It's not just a camera, but we could actually figure out our conversion rate much better because otherwise you're really counting people. And when you have, you know, hundreds of people coming through the door, you just can't do that. And so it allows me to be aware of whether we are well staffed or are we also, it could be that we're just, we have too much traffic for what we can do or that we're not taking advantage of what's walking in through the door. And so that conversion rate per who's there makes a lot of sense. A few years ago, I, uh, going off topic here, but not really, I talked to Alan um, Jaffe who was talking about, you know, doing more for businesses and help the small businesses. And I said, what about an incubator where, incubator where there are all these services that are available to the small businesses? So as a group, we can all have access to them. Being involved in the community itself, how's that helped you? One thing I, I, uh, I came to understand maybe, maybe 15 years ago or so is that you know, running a retail business, it's a lot of work and it's not always joyful. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, I, lo I love, I, I love the buying. I love the setting. I love the, the merchandising. I love the meeting of people. I love, I love all of that, uh, but it's a lot of work, right? And, and, and honestly, I believe that everything in this business, in my store here, it's necessary in everyone's lives. I do, because I think that feel good and, and do good are all important uh, rewards for going through life, you know? And if you can buy, shop ethically, and you can shop uh, with a, a good relationship connected to that and connection to the people who are making the merchandise, all of that is great. But some might say it's also frivolous and it's not something you need. And when the economy is bad, you cut out, right? You do all those things. But, but it's, I disagree. I disagree. Everything here has a, a, a reason to be here and to, to go home with, with customers. I, I try to do my buying ethically and, and like with purpose, you know? And if there's something a little frivolous, then it's because I really think we need it in our lives. Kind of thing. But... To, one thing I, I came to terms with was that involvement to the, with the community, giving back to the community, became my reason to do what I do because it gave me a different purpose. I love this community and I, I love the young and I love the old and I love, and, and, and there's so many ways that one can actually make a difference. And, and even if it's a small, a small way, it's, it's, it's consistent and it makes me happy. What are some of the things that you do? I mean, do you do events at the stores? Do you feature artists? We do. As a matter of fact, this year, we, I, I've partnered with a local artist, Joanna Goodman, which I am really excited about. She is a very creative, very outspoken artist. And we've um, come to a partnership where we're going to be featuring items. She, she does this prints and, and work, but we're actually going to have products like tote bags and shower curtains and pillows and other things that, that, uh, that showcase her imagery, her imaginary being imagery. And, and it's very exciting. So 
Um, that's, that's an example of things that we do. I, I love and continue to love is bring in an artist who, who you know is a tremendous artist and maybe they don't even know it yet and giving them the opportunity to showcase. And you continue that relationship and you see them become independent and just making those connections, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, doing specific fundraisers for not-for-profit organizations, which, you know, Nyack Center is a big one for me, the Center for Safety and Change, the Pride Center, People of People, there, you know, there are a number of organizations and always something a little bit going under there. We established, I don't know if I share with you that I, we established a scholarship fund. So we're going into our fifth year now doing that and uh, we incorporate our donations through our POS system even and uh, it's just a, another way to give something or give a gift of giving, right? So how do you take all of these moments and push out your brand? Talk, let's go back to talk about social media a little mm -hmm. bit more because I know you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, Twitter. Mm -hmm. So all of these spots, all of these places and all the different... Pinterest. And Pinterest. Yes, yes. How has it impacted your business? And where's your reach and your customer reach? Are they coming up from Manhattan and mm -hmm. Westchester, all over, mm -hmm. even around the country? Mm -hmm. Our customers are coming from around the world. That's through our online business. And, and that's exciting. What do you use for your online business? We have two, I guess I would call it two different platforms. We have our own website and we also sell through Shopteeks which is a uh, international boutique mall, sort of like the uh, Amazon of small businesses. And you go in and you set up your storefront. You set up there. your storefront and um, they do tremendous marketing and we're just getting into our first full year of working with them. And it's been a good year. It's been a good year working with them. It allows us to ship internationally without the brunt of all the financial headaches and legal headaches and all of that. They make it really easy. It's something that we can do here that one of my, my lead people here can handle without a problem. Uh, we've shipped to Belgium, England, uh, Switzerland. I can't remember, I possibly Japan, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think she, no China, but Japan. Uh, Canada all the time. I, I don't have a list. Uh, I know we have a map where we've marked off all the areas around the world that we ship to, but I don't remember all of them. So that's that's actually that's actually helped us to double what we do online because it's it's pretty much matching what we do on our own website. So it's 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 doubled it. So I, unlike other most other businesses, have not taken on any. Um, any partners and uh, 30 plus years later, that's a completely different conversation. Should I bring in a partner or not than if I had taken a partner on in the very beginning? You know, this is a business that I've, that I've built, I've established, I've made it what it is. So uh, partnership is, is a different conversation at this point. Why and how I've done it, you know, I can tell you that one reason, I believe, is how I grew up and how I raised. I, 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 I grew up not in wealth. We, we made things work. My, my family made things work. And it's sort of what I lived with and what I learned and practiced and learned to be that money manager that 
just just kept it over it's clear I'm not saying that's the necessarily the best choice for businesses to do and not take that extra gamble to do so but that happened to be how I how I started and how I pretty much maintained it until uh, five years ago I did get a line of credit for my business but other than that I've kept it me singularly you know I have maintained my my credit rating and, and and all of those things I've done it but I could have grown further with more infusion of money but this worked for me and um, how I was able to to do so so I so I put my central college you know four years of an expensive school that a lot of it came out of my pocket. I paid it off. And he, when he graduated, I decided that I was going to pay myself tuition. And I was going to struggle every year the way I did while he was going to school and put that money away. And by saving that money, I was able to purchase a building where the store is. And So now you've not only doubled the size of your business, but you bought real estate. Yes. And yes. invested back in... Which is great because I have water. rental units that actually pay the cost of it and it just just makes makes sense to do. So I am not the common case. Uh, it's It works. It, it's worked for me. It's probably not the way to go if you want to multiply your locations where an right. infusion of money definitely would make, make a difference in that case. But for me, 31 years into it, I've I'm happy what I'm doing. I'm happy what I've done. And I'm kind of beginning to look forward to what's next. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. So, so what is next? I don't know exactly. I mean, even just, uh, I mean, it's so hard to say exactly, definitively, no. but just ideas, dreams. You know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've built a positive brand, which is awesome. I love it when I hear people say, oh, just uh, think I'm going to go to Maria Luisa's. Or I'm a Maria Luisa's and I need to, will you come and, you know, and, or when you see a bag or when you're in the city and you see, oh, further away from your community and, you know, or you know, locally in an event and you see everyone who's dressed in your, in your office. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that, you know, that's your community support. But what do I see next? Well, personally, I, I see building in more, more Maria time into my life. I, you know, this has been my mistress for a very long time and it, it's it's grown because I put so much of my sweat and heart and soul and everything. It's still very important that I'm here in, in some level, not physically all the time, but in, in my presence, my uh, aesthetics and making sure that everything is up to the Maria Luisa boutique standards, that, that sort of thing. And really looking for people who compliment me in the business, not that they are like me in the business, but actually compliment me. And lately looking at someone actually very much like me, but maybe 30 years younger. Now, just to end, I just want to ask you about everything that you've done, all of this accolade, it's been recognized, recognized in the community. I've been a Latina woman of the year, Rockland County businesswoman, um, Francinka of all the RCC um, gave me a mentorship uh, award. I mean, I I have a shelf full of <laughs> of awards and plaques, and I don't remember what they all are. Um, it's 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 taken some time to be able to take in the good and not 
considering that to be the end all and know that there's good and I still have plenty of work to do and plenty of work that I want to do. And it is pretty exciting that I've um, gotten to the point where I've actually have reached and influenced other people near and far. And that's important. Thank you for joining me today on Trade and Prosper. For more information on our organization and to listen to more podcast episodes, head over to tradeandprosper.com. Also, follow us on social media for the latest news, events, and posts about a business near you.